Today's scripture reading is from 1 Samuel, the 19th chapter, the first to the fifth verse. Saul told his son Jonathan and all his attendants to kill David, but Jonathan had taken a great liking to David and warned him, my father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are. I'll speak to him about you and will tell you what I find. Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king do wrong to his servant David. He has not wronged you, and what he has done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed a Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for Israel, and you saw it and were glad. Why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? This is the word of the Lord. But I digress. Um, we're continuing our look at, uh, at David from the book of 1 Samuel uh, in the series that we've entitled uh, David, an Unlikely King. And the last time we saw in the 18th chapter uh, what God's favor looked like lived out. We all talk about favor, you know. Everybody's talking about favor, favor, favor. What does favor look like? Uh, what is favor? What is, what, is, what is favor? Well, I woke up this morning. A lot of folks that don't know God, don't bow the knee, woke up this morning. Uh, well, I've got a job. A lot of people have jobs. Well, I've got a car that works. A lot of people have cars that work. I've got good health. A lot of people have good health. What does favor look like? And that's, that's, a, that's a real question that uh, I'm convinced many of us, we, if we're not careful, we'll give those knee-jerk rote answers that, you know, that, that the world uses as measures, as metrics to measure blessing. God reigns on the just as well as the unjust. It just, that, so, so, so what does it mean to have favor. I'm, I'm so glad that we had the 18th chapter and the 19th chapter to, to, to look at. See, the Spirit of God had left Saul. It had left, it had departed from Saul, and now it was resting on David. And with the departure of the Spirit of God from Saul, all of the associated blessings that Saul enjoyed uh, left him, and it just went to David, and David began to experience those things. Saul's still on the throne. Saul is still king. Saul still has the title, and David has been anointed. He's, he's the heir apparent. Uh, Saul neither acknowledges or really even knows, uh, and all of the blessings associated with that, with, with the Spirit of God, came to David. What's your point? Point is what I made the last time we shared. Uh, again, too often our pursuits become one of chasing a title and position, but what we should be pursuing is God's spirit. Because with the spirit then comes the associated blessings. You know, the mother, they used to sing the song, uh, I'll be satisfied, any way that God blesses me, I'll be satisfied. And they seem to sing it and believe it. 
uh, I, don't, I don't believe, we neither sing it, and if we did, I'm not sure we'd really embrace or believe it, because we are so prescripted in terms of uh, what we want in terms of blessings, it, 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 we, we put our, and I'm, I'm gonna, put your fleece before God. But if we're not careful, that fleece becomes, uh, 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 you know, like you go into the motels. Uh, you know, it's like if you want breakfast in the morning, you could check off what you want. It's like, I want my eggs this way, I want my toast, and I want dry, and I want, I want a little fruit, I don't want potatoes. And if we're not careful, then that's, that's what we'll, we will, well, God, I want you to do this, I want you to do this. So this it, anyway, God bless you, you'll be satisfied? Mm, probably not. So after uh, David has taken care of Goliath, David, David is elevated as a leader in the army. This is a young man. Remember, this is, this is a young man, more than likely a teenager. Um, and God's favor and blessing continue, so much so that the women of the nation are singing about him. What are they singing? Uh, when they were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, the women came out all over the towns of Israel to meet King Saul, and uh, to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs, with timbrels and, and lyres. Uh, as they danced, they sang, Saul has slayed his thousands, David his ten thousands. David didn't send out a resume. He didn't send it, you know, you know, a lot of times we like to have people. You know, I have my people represent me. You know, I have a, I have a, a, a publicity agent or something. Else. I want folks to know about me. You know, that's kind of like Facebook. I want people to know about me, or at least the image I want to project. Uh, no access Hollywood, no access Israel, for that matter. You know, just no access nothing. Uh, and all of a sudden, people are, are singing about, he didn't kill 10,000s. You know, this is hyperbole. What are they saying? David's the man is what they're saying. They're, what they're saying is David's the man. They saw what was happening. The people saw what was happening, and they responded in a jubilant way. Man, David's the man. David, David's the man. Uh, and you can imagine uh, what Saul, how Saul responded. He was very happy about that. No, no, actually, that's not, the, that's not what's written. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They credited David. Now he's speaking. They, they have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. Uh, what's your point? Again, this is just review. That my point is, don't think for a moment that jealousy will take a back seat because you're doing God's will. Don't think for a moment that jealousy is going to take a back seat because you're doing God's will. You're doing God's will and people are casting shade on you. They're hating on you. Why? Why? Because you're doing God's will. Oh, man, why, why, why? all I'm doing is, is doing God's Saul can't and doesn't let this go. He can't and won't let this go. And so, this, so again, the Spirit of God has departed him, and he is left to who he is. And who he is, absent, who he is, who we are, who Saul was, and who we are, absent God's Spirit, we're bitter, we're jealous, we're insecure. We look at everybody with a, with a, with a, with a stank eye, if you will. Uh, we, we just, that's, that's how we look at things. We just absent God's spirit, a bitter, jealous, and insecure person. The next day, an evil spirit from God. God allowed another spirit to come upon him forcefully on Saul, and he was prophesying in his house. And while David was playing the lyre, as he usually did, uh, Saul had a spear in his hand, and he hurled it, saying to himself, I'll pin this joker. No, he said David. Uh, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him twice. 
Why is he doing this? Well, we don't have to guess why he was doing this. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David but had departed from Saul. The Lord was with David, had departed Saul, and Saul was mad. If, if you're going to get mad at some, somebody or something, why kick the cat? What did the cat do? You're in my way. Why? Are you, why? why? Well, you're in my way. I can't stand my boss. I can't stand my kids. My kids are a mess. I just, I just, 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 if things are falling apart horizontally, I would tend to, I would submit, you need to check that vertical relation. If things are falling apart on the horizontal, you should really spend time or, uh, vertically. People are resp often responding to God uh, in you, either positively or negatively. But ultimately and thankfully, we can rest in the knowledge that, God, the, that the God in us leads, guides, and protects. And so uh, God, when Saul realized that the Lord was with David and his daughter Michael loved David, Saul became still more afraid of him and he remained his enemy the rest of his days. The Philistine commanders continued to go out to battle, and as often as they did, David met with more success than the rest of Saul's officers, and his name became well known. So in spite of the evil one, in spite of the attacks on your job, in spite of the attacks sometimes in your family, your neighbors, whoever, in spite of all of that, the Spirit of God rested on David and rests and dwells us as believers that, that regardless of what's going on on the outside, as the song goes, it is well with my soul. It's, it's okay. It, it's okay. All hell could be breaking loose. That, that, that a lot of times what people will perpetrate as, as gospel is not. It's like, well, you know, the reason these things are happening in your life is because you didn't pray hard enough, you didn't give enough, you didn't do certain things. There's something deficient in you. Well, there may be something deficient in you. There may be. I'm not, I'm not negating that. But nine times out of ten, if you are obedient and doing God's will, it's, not, it's, it, it's just the fact that you're doing God's will is the thing that, that, that causes the evil one to pounce on you. Why is this happening? Why this, why this accident? Why, why, why this? Why did I get laid off? Of all the people to get laid off, I'm the, one, I'm the one bowing the knee. I'm the one that's, I'm trying to be responsible as a steward in my giving and my time, and, and, and I'm getting laid off. You ever, I mean, you ever, you ever think about it that the reason those things happen to you is because God knows that it's his spirit that's going to carry you through those situations. But we look at it as, well, i got to suck it up, and i got to grit my teeth and pull up my boots and try harder. See, you're depending on you. You're not depending on him. See, we, God, 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 ultimately, yes, those he loves, he chastens, but, but he also he knows. It's like, have you considered my servant Pamela? Have you considered my servant Annie? Have you considered, well, you know, I know, and it's sometimes I fall in that category. It's like, Lord, it'd be okay right about now for you to look on the next Rolodex card over, and you don't have to use me maybe next time when I may, but have you considered my servant, Connie? Have you considered fill in the blank? So today, we look at the 19th chapter of the first of First Samuel, uh, where we read, uh, Saul told his son Jonathan and all the attendants to kill David. But Jonathan had taken a great liking to David and warned him, My father Saul is looking for a chance to kill you. Be on your guard tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Go into hiding and stay there. 
I will go out and stand with my father in the field where you are. I'll speak to him about you, and I will tell you what I find out. From David's perspective, and for that matter, Saul's, nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Saul still hates and wants to kill David. David is doing his best to try and figure out why this is happening. What have I done? Uh, that's on the horizontal level. But as I shared, on the vertical level, how God is working out the, look how God is working out the situation. Saul arranges for, for his daughter. He tried daughter number one, and that didn't work out. Tried daughter number two. Well, let me get, let me get David married into the family. Not because he liked David, but he had evil intentions. Well, let me let, me let him marry my daughter. Uh, well, what happens is his daughter loves David. So the very thing that you put up, with the very thing that the evil one put up as, as, as a snare, God turns it around and is like, oh, well, you, you, you want him to marry, uh, 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 you want your daughter to marry David? I'm going to make her love her. I'm going to allow her to love, her, love him. And, he do, and she does. Uh, what's more, the person that otherwise would be in line for the throne takes a liking to David and loves him. And David loves him. So the, all, it's like, I can see Saul. It's like, what do I have to do to, 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 tear, to tear him down? I'm doing everything I can. I'm sending him out to battle. He wins. I give him my daughter. Oh, that'll, that'll, that'll mess things up. She loves him. Oh, and now my son is, 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 is falling for this character? Oh, man, what, what do I have to do? What are, you, what, are you, what are you saying? Well, my point is, whatever your situation, and I don't know your situation, but whatever your situation, if your steps are ordered by, by God, you can be assured that he will guide you through any and every situation. If your steps, that's a big F, that's just two, two, two letters, small word that a big door hinges on. If your steps are ordered by God, you can rest assured that God's already, he's already, there's no time and space with God. It's already done. It, whatever it is, it is. You know, it, it's, it's already finished and complete in heaven. So all we have to do is trust him. Uh, as the song goes, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. None else could heal all our soul's diseases. No, not one. No, not one. See, here, here, here's, the, here's the good part. Jesus knows all about our struggles. He will guide you till the day is done. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. See, our friends, you know, they, they tend to be fair weather. They tend to be, you know, and as long as, as, long as the, as, as they say, I don't know whoever they are, as long as the, as long as the alcohol is flowing, the party's going, you know. Uh, but, but when that stops, then the party stops. And so as long as, the, as long as things are going well and you're fun to be around and you're not a burden, you're not sick, you don't have issues, then you're going you're gonna to have a crowd. But, but, but be in a position of need. Be in a position of uh, where you can't, you got more month than money. Be, be, be in a position where you, you can't be the straw that stirs the drink. But then see where your friends are. There's not a friend. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. So in uh, verse 4 we read, Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king do wrong to his servant David. 
He has not wronged you, and what, ha- and what he has done has benefited you greatly. He took his life in his hands when he killed the Philistine. The Lord won a great victory for all of Israel, and you saw it and were glad. When, when, why then would you do wrong to an innocent man like David by killing him for no reason? Saul listened to Jonathan and took this oath. As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be put to death. That was true, but it wasn't because Saul didn't continue to try. That, that was a lie. You know, that, that was an absolute law. Verse 7, so Jonathan called David and told him uh, the whole conversation. He brought him to Saul, and David was with Saul as before. Once more, uh, verse 8, once more war broke out, and David went out and fought the Philistines. He struck them with, with such force that they fled before him. So Jonathan, as the friend he is to David, goes to his father, and Saul makes the pledge not to kill him. Uh, which lasts, as I said, not very long, about three verses. So in uh, verse 9 we read, But an evil spirit from the Lord came on Saul as he was sitting in his house with his spirit. It's something about it, uh, Saul and spirit. You know, so some people just don't need to have uh, uh, weapons around them, you know? And, it's, and, and so uh, he came to Saul as he was sitting in his house with his spear in his hand, and while David was playing again, Saul tried to pin him to the wall with his spear. But David eluded him as Saul drove the spear into the wall. That night, David made good his escape. So David runs home, and Saul sends assassins, if you will, to either kill or capture David. Uh, David's wife, who's Saul's daughter again, tells him, boy, you better leave. You better get up out of here. Uh, It's not going to be safe for you. Uh, So it's comical as as you read the text. she makes a dummy out of an idol, puts a little goat hair on top of it, hides it in the bed, and so that's going to trick the, 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 the folks that were sent to go get David. And it, it, it worked, but it didn't work for so long. But, but, but I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm amazed that God uses an implement of evil. I don't know where the idol came from. I doubt it came from David. Probably came from uh, Michael, Saul's wife. I don't know. But wherever it came from, God uses that implement to accomplish his perfect will. I could go down that path and, and, and really deal with that because a lot of things that come into our life that, that are from outside of us, that the evil one uh, or evil people at work or in our homes or in our community or whatever will use implements to try and trip you up. And God will take that as like, well, let me flip the script on this thing. Let me, let me turn it around. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, spear ain't working. Well, let's try something. Uh, how about this, this idol? Well, you got this no other gods before me. Dress it up. Put it in the bed. It'll work for, it'll work for a minute. So David flees, uh, uh, David flees to Samuel, uh, but Saul, you know, he finds out. He, uh, he upbraids uh, his daughter. How could you do this to me? Uh, and so word came to Saul. David is in Naoth at Ramah. So he sent men to capture him. But when they saw a group of prophets prophesying with Samuel, prophesying with Samuel standing there as their leader, the Spirit of God came on Saul's men. And they also prophesied. Saul was told about it. And he sent more men. And they prophesied too. Saul sent men a third time. And they also prophesied. You get the picture? It's like no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. 
You, you, these, these, Saul is bound and determined. I'm going to kill this guy. I'm going to rub him out. He is a threat. He is, he's, he's an irritant to me spiritually. And so I'm, okay, I've, I've, now I'm, I think I'm up to about four spear chucks at you, and that hasn't worked. Four, four spear chucks, that hasn't worked. Okay, well, let me try marriage. That hasn't worked. My son's turned on me, according to Saul. Now let me, let me go send my assassins. I got bamboozled by, a, by an idol with goat hair on top of him. Now let me go send my assassins to wherever Samuel is. Okay, team one comes back. They're prophesying. Well, let me join the prophecy. Team two, they see him prophesy. Let me join the prophecy. Team three, let me go there. They join the prophecy. At some point in time, we ought to recognize that if he is for us, he is more than the world against us. And we need to embrace that with all our heart, soul, and mind. It's like things may look bleak at any given point in time. Yeah, it's like, man, it's just not looking good right now. But I know who speaks things into existence. I was sharing, a, 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 as, as Robert Parker and I, we were in uh, Houston, a, a dear a person that has become a very dear friend of mine, uh, a, a, an ER physician, uh, that he's just, the Spirit of God is on him, and he's just, he said, Mark, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but the Holy Spirit is on me and is continuing to say, we're supposed to be doing something together. I don't know what that means. My wife and I just randomly, randomly, again, you know, those, those holy coincidences again, you know, randomly met he and his wife in San Francisco. And as one good benefit of Facebook is, is that we have been connected ever since that time. And so he's, he's experiencing the, 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 the Holy Spirit, the move on him that there's got to be something greater than just this casual, uh, serendipitous uh, connection. That God is calling us to do something bigger and bolder and broader than what we can just envision. So, so regardless of what we look at in terms of our life and the, and the things that line up according to what we think they line up, well, if, if I've got X number of dollars, then I'll, I'll do this. Well, if I have this amount of time, then I'll do this. We have to look at our life lived out in a way that, that defies our, our metrics, our measures of, of what's possible. God doesn't deal with, what does faith have to do with, uh, if, I, if I ask you for a dollar and you've got a dollar in the bank and you give it to me, that's, that doesn't require faith on your part. It, it's, you just go to the bank and give me the dollar. But what if I ask you for 10 and you don't have 10? Lord, I trust you that you're going to make a way. God, I trust you that, that, the, that, that, that my child who's, who's acting up, acting out, acting crazy, I, I, trust, I trust that you're going to bring her or him uh, back into the fold. So, 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 so uh, God, you know the situation. I don't have transportation. I don't have a job. I don't have good health. You know the situation. You know, you didn't just wake up today and see me in this condition. I trust you. I trust you. See, we, we have to get, we have to get to that level of, of absolute faith trust where we just we just throw ourselves out there and it's like Abba Father whatever you want but if we continue to to operate within our strength within our knowledge within our abilities that that's going to wear out we will get tired we will grow weary we will run out of money all of those things and ultimately we'll run out of time and we will die 
But if my faith, if my trust is in him, then I even, even, even when I die, I'll yet live. That, that, that's, that's trust. So Saul, so after these three times, this is hilarious. I mean, I mean, something, the Bible is just, if you just read it, it just, it's like the humor in it. I know when we're going through it, it ain't funny. I know that when you're going through, when you're going through it, it ain't funny. You're going through, I've been through it. Sometimes I'm still in it. I, it ain't funny. But you got to see the humor in this. So he sent three groups out there to go get this guy. It's like, well, if I can't get the job done right, let me do it myself. And so Saul says, okay, I'm going myself. And so Saul went to Naoth at Ramah. But the Spirit of God came even on him. And he walked along prophesying until he came to Naoth. He stripped off his garments, and he too prophesied in Samuel's presence. He lay naked all day and all the night. I mean, this is, if you just, just visualize that, it's like, this is hilarious. This is absolutely hilarious. And the people started saying, is Saul also among the prophets? Is, is he? <laughs> Saul's, Saul's gone over to the other side. <laughs> what, what is going on? I'm closing. I, I, I'm closing. Uh, a few years ago, uh, one of our grandkids, I think I shared this story with you, but it's uh, pretend like I didn't and laugh at the appropriate time. Um, <laughs> a few years ago, uh, one of our grandkids uh, was acting up in uh, Ema, that would be uh, Sister Meeks. Um, she has a, a, a utility that's called Mr. Spoon. And Mr. Spoon, Ema doesn't discipline, Mr. Spoon disciplines. It's Mr. Spoon that, that gives discipline. And usually it's just the, just the threat or just the idea that Mr. Spoon could do some things. That's all you need. That's, that's enough. It's like, does Mr. Spoon need to get out of the canister and, uh, and talk to you? No. No, 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 he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Okay, all right. Well, one time, uh, one of the grandkids, uh, I think it was, it was like borderline Mr. Spoon, and uh, Sister Meek said, adult to child, you don't know who you're messing with. To which she said, I don't know who I'm messing with. She had no clue what was being said to her, and her response was in the form of a question like, what are you saying? What am I saying? We don't know who we're messing with. We have a, we have a knowledge of God. We have a knowledge of God that's kindergarten at best. We're not talking elementary. Definitely not in junior high. We're, this is, we're not in, we're not in uh, first level college courses. We're not, we're not even into the triple digits. Our knowledge and our trust of God is at such a small level. And we, we deal in such small things that I, I know if, if I'm God, thank God I'm not, especially for me, uh, that if we fully embrace, if we fully had and embraced a knowledge of God, it, the stories, the, the stories uh, particularly the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were in a situation, I, more than any story of, of deliverance in the whole Bible, 
I just so appreciate that story. Because they preface, before there was any, uh, before there was any good news, they acknowledged the fact that there could be bad news. And he, they said was, you know what, King, we, we've talked amongst ourselves. We've considered the situation. And God could deliver us, but there's a good chance he won't deliver us. But here's the deal. Regardless of the outcome, I'm going to trust him. Regardless of the outcome, we have to trust him. We can't look at the outcome and say, well, let me, let, me, I wanna, let, me, let me balance this thing out. Let me look at this, and I'll go down the path that, that looks good, that looks most promising. But what if he says, go up to that cul-de-sac called the Red Sea? Go up there. Go to the Red Sea. Stand there. Shut up and watch the deliverance of God. We don't like that because it takes it out of our hands because we are so conditioned to solve whatever problem life brings us ourselves. Well, you know, I don't want to bother God with big stuff. What is big to God? What is big to God? What is big to God? I, 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 I'm done. I, the, Tony Evans, a preacher out of Dallas, Again, as I shared, I think, a few weeks ago, he was talking about um, making pancakes for his spouse. Big stuff is, God, give me the wisdom to make these pancakes in such a way that pleases you and pleases the one I'm making the pancakes for. Oh, I don't need to ask him to ask. I know how to make pancakes. There are pancakes, and then there are pancakes. See? The reason we do what we do is because God has given us incredible, massive knowledge, skills, and abilities. And we can easily get caught up into, I can do it within my own strength. But unless and until we depend on him, life will always be a struggle. Take it from a 58-year-old guy who's got a closet of t-shirts that has been where you are, has experienced the best that this life has to offer, which ain't all of that, and the worst that this life has to offer. I have been there, done that. Well, Pastor Meeks, you haven't? Yeah, I do. Well, how about, yeah, I got that one too. Well, you've never experienced, yes, I have. I dare anyone. Well, you haven't had health situation. Yes, I have. See, just be, well, you, 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 you just fake it. You know, no, I don't fake it. I, I don't fake it. What I'm presenting, I'm presenting to you the reality of life, a faithful life lived out depending on God, not trying to trust in me. Again, I select like Wendy Williams. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Well, you know, well, how you doing? Less than a mile from here last night at 8 o'clock, three people were murdered in Alder Grove, right across from the fire department. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? Let's pray.
our Father and our God.